Hello, everybody. Welcome to our community, our mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission, again with Kim Turley, our Director of Volunteers Hello. and Events. Hey, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, you know, there's just so much that we could talk about on this program. <laughs> and uh, we were just sitting here, what are we going to talk about today? And we're going to probably for a long time talk about the fact that people matter. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And what about vulnerabilities and how we deal with certain things uh, in the rescue mission? And and this isn't a one uh, program subject. It's just we need to com- continually come back to the fact that people really do matter. And I think most people know that, but how do they matter? And what are some of those situations that we find that we run into? Uh, Kim, you were uh, relating uh, a Facebook post of somebody who had a, a question or maybe an opinion mm-hmm. about people who live outdoors outside of what's called the tent city now mm-hmm. um, that's close to the rescue mission and uh, that individual was indicating that uh, people are out there because um, um, they can't get into the mission because they use drugs is that something pretty correct w- with them Thank yeah you. they said that you know the mission you can't come in if you're using drugs or on alcohol um, which we have those rules for a reason mm-hmm. and so because of that that's how tent city was made is because those are individuals out there because they're using or drinking or, you know, just don't want to be in the mission, whether because of our rules and things like that, mm-hmm. which there is some truth to that. Yeah. But I, th- I think that's, I think we may want to talk about that a little yeah. bit. And, and so the homeless shelter is, is, in some people's opinion, ought to be here for everybody, regardless of any mm-hmm. situation. The challenge with that is that if you have somebody who is trying to uh, free themselves from alcohol or drugs, and uh, they're around other people who are using drugs and alcohol, then mm-hmm. it's very hard for them to be free oh, yeah. of that. Uh, it's a temptation or just a, it taps into a vulnerability that they have that maybe they're trying to get away from because mm-hmm. of whatever's happened. And so, um, yes, the rescue mission in Topeka is a drug-free zone as well as an alcohol-free zone, although some people do use drugs that come into mm-hmm. the mission, and we have some procedures and policies to be able to help them with that. So what happens to people who don't have the ability to come in the rescue mission because they're currently using? That's what happens. Exactly. They, they, yeah. They, they, they can't come in or they choose not to come in. But that doesn't mean that they're bad necessarily. And it doesn't mean that they don't matter. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. So what do we do? You, you've been involved with the rescue mission for a number, a number of years, of years. Uh, ever since you were about seven, as I recall. Yeah. And so, you know, as, as one of our younger staff members here mm-hmm. and working with volunteers and knowing about the different programs, what's, how do we show that people matter? I mean, we just reach out to them in every way, shape we can, whether it be through our volunteers, our staff, or just making sure people understand we're here to help them. Um, we have rules set up for their safety and safeties around or safety around them and to help them too. Um, and so, I mean, we're, we want to get them back on their feet. Um, we want to give them those stepping stones for they can reach that, whether it be through our education track or our SIT program, or whether it be through mentoring too, just having somebody walk along with them in this journey um, and just talking to them too. That's the huge part. They just want to someone to listen to them about their story, um, what's going on in their life, and how you know just kind of vent through those issues that are going on right now. So we see a lot of that. Uh, people, uh, you know, want our services, they want our help, but uh, sometimes they just want us to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lady that was in the distribution center last week, and she was an older lady in a wheelchair, yep. and she had been kicked out of where she was living. 
in a <clears throat> downtown apartment in Topeka and wheeled herself all the way to the rescue mission and basically said, I need your help, but I can't come into the rescue mission. <laughs> it's a bit of a problem. How do we help her? Yeah. And so she said the reason that she couldn't um, come into the rescue mission, she couldn't take care of herself. Yeah. And so we had to have a conversation for a while about what taking care of yourself actually looked like. And and um, the question that we had for her is, can you get from this wheelchair over to a bed on your own? Mm-hmm. Um, can you get from your wheelchair to a toilet facility on your own and back to your chair? And she said, yes. I said, can you feed yourself? And she said, yes. I said, then you're okay to come yeah. in the rescue mission. The question would be, what if she wasn't okay? <laughs> Uh, to do those things. And and she was terrified to come into the rescue mission. She said, I'm just afraid that I won't be able to do those things. I said, why don't we just try Mm -hmm. and see? And so uh, it took a while to listen to her fears, to listen to her concerns, but she really had no other option. Now, we're going to talk about somebody vulnerable that still matters. And she wasn't a good candidate for Tent City. No. (laughs) She had no tent, number one. (laughs) She couldn't get out of her wheelchair to get into a sleeping bag or anything. And Yet she was, it was questionable whether she could be here, that we could care for her as Mm -hmm. well. And so we have a lot of people that are vulnerable. You work out of the distribution center and people come here for food baskets. What do you see when you encounter people here? Oh, we get a range of individuals coming in. So the common misconception of people is there's a certain type of homeless person or there's a look to somebody that's coming in for services. And then that's not true at all. Um, People in poverty have different standards in their lives and different priorities. Um, And so when you have people coming in for services, it's a range of age, range of lifestyle as you're looking at them too. Um, And they're just coming because they need food. I mean, just hungry. They're just hungry. They just need food for, you know, their homes, their families. So, um, I love the food distribution day because it is one of those days that you're getting to be able to help those individuals at that time um, in need. Um, and also just listen to them too. Like we have moms that will come in and be like, I'm, I'm out of formula. I'm out of diapers. Like what, where can I go for those types of things? And you're able to get that information to them in those times too. I just really wonder sometimes uh, how many people in our community are aware of the magnitude of people in need oh, yeah. who are just plain out desperate. I mean, the, yeah. the food basket that we give them, I mean, sometimes that's the only hope that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, at Christmas time, we are uh, distributing Christmas gifts and food to um, thousands of people. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have to shut down our normal food distribution time uh, during that time just because all hands on deck to mm-hmm. be able to go to the warehouse and do all this other distribution. Um, there were a few cases uh, this um, Christmas season, this past Christmas season, that people came that um, needed food right now. Oh, and, yeah. um, and we were closed. But yet I saw staff go and get them food because the look on their face <laughs> was just like a, a, you know, the, one of our staff members uh, was leaving to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And a lady came up and, and said, I'm, I really need food. And, mm-hmm. and she, the staff member said, we're shut down right now yeah. for this. You can get a meal uh, this afternoon at the mission or tonight for dinner, tomorrow for breakfast, whatever. And this lady was so hungry right then, she just sat down on the steps and just cried, mm-hmm. just cried. Our staff member could say, well, I've got a meeting to go to and run off to that meeting. But she said, I think I'm going to be late to my meeting. <laughs> and so she uh, ended up engaging with that woman and getting her food and then saying, how are you getting your food back home? Yeah. She wasn't staying at the mission. She actually lived in an apartment. And she said, well, I'm going to walk. 
And oh. so our, our female staff member took this female back to her home and found out in the traveling between here and there, she was a victim of human trafficking. Oh, my goodness. So it takes time mm-hmm. to help people to know that we know they matter. Mm-hmm. And so kind of rolling back to Tent City. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a, a significant growing um, issue in our community as yep. well as communities around. And while a number of people who are in Tent City um, may be using drugs, not all are using drugs or alcohol, um, but they're out there for a reason. Yeah. And so we need to be very, very aware of what those different reasons are and to be able to reach out to them. Um, this week there was a, a very unfortunate tragedy that has occurred um, as of this recording uh, we still don't know the actual cause of death, but there was a woman who was found in a tent who was deceased in Tent City. No foul play, fortunately, mm-hmm. is ex- uh, suspected, and uh, from what I understand, there will not be. But this is really breaks the heart of everybody who is involved here in regards to uh, working with people because there is an active outreach, even though people cannot get into the rescue mission, sometimes because of their drug or alcohol. Sometimes they choose not to come in mm-hmm. uh, because it's very crowded here. Um, this is where they feel safer. Uh, this is where they feel, um, is more of their home. They have more of autonomy and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so rather than say, well, sorry, you don't fit our mold. We actually reach out to individuals in uh, what's called tent city and around the community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people are aware of that and some people aren't today. Um, during this recording, we're picking up supplies to help weatherize some tents. We started doing that, um, um, here earlier this winter, um, we are weatherizing more and basically we go up to some folks with their tent or their lean to or their wooden structure or whatever. And we say, would you like for us to help you make this warmer mm-hmm. and more secure from the moisture? And so what that does, that builds a relationship with them to not only help them to be safe, but also to help them to understand that they matter. Oh yeah, definitely. So with you being here a number of years, just listening to all these different things that are going on and like us helping all the individuals in the community, those numbers coming into the mission, how do you not get overwhelmed with everything? Who says I don't? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just you with the position you're in and then all yeah. the staff that come to you and... You know, it's... Um, I remember day one, it was pretty overwhelming. Um, and that was almost 34 years ago. Um, I think two things. One is you need a calling in life. You need to understand that this is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And God made that very clear to me. This is what I want you to do. He didn't give me all the details what that (laughs) meant, but that's one of the reasons I've stayed doing what I do. Mm -hmm. And, And I think a lot of people who come here to help out here, whether they work or volunteer, really, um, have a sense of this is bigger than them. It's a calling. Definitely. Um, I think that the other thing is that when, you understand the empathy of God when you have that in your heart mm-hmm. and it's not just an academic exercise. If if I was here to solve homelessness and to fix everybody, I have failed miserably in doing that um, because the numbers keep coming. Oh, yeah. oh, there's been a lot of folks that have been helped tremendously. Uh, I think uh, we're running pretty close to 60,000 different people that have stayed at the rescue mission in my time here. That's a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people today who are successful and some have gone on and had careers and marriages and been able to pay off debts and mm-hmm. never returned to homelessness, have been freed from alcohol and drugs, have had their mental health addressed, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But it is overwhelming when you consider they keep coming. 
and more brokenness. And, and so I think to answer your question <laughs> is that the empathy of God, the, the compassion of God to say that next one, that one that is in front of us matters. Yeah. And that never gets old. No. And just like the lady in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. she was in tears. She wheeled herself all the way here. She was facing being out in um, the snow mm-hmm. and the wet and the rain in a wheelchair um, or coming into a place that she had never been before and she was terrified. Yeah. Now I could have said, well, you know, your choice, whatever, come in, don't come in, you know, mm-hmm. live or die. But we had to take some time with her mm-hmm. and to understand. I remember going home thinking, thinking I was so grateful that she decided to stay at the rescue mission. Now, that's not the end of her challenges. No, yeah. We just are able to help her at this point. And I think that's where it gets a little frustrating is that what's the future for her? Where's she going to end up? You know, can we can't take care of her mm-hmm. and all the other people like her forever in a homeless shelter. And so um, the empathy of God helps me to stay in the game. Yeah. What challenges me, challenges me the most is the lack of the system for people like her. Yeah. But we go to bat for that. And we're a voice on the front lines of this vulnerability to be able to stand up for people who are voiceless mm-hmm. and to go to our lawmakers and to go to our funders and to say, here's the reality mm-hmm. of what's really going on out here. Let's see if we can do something. Some people say, why haven't you fixed the homeless problem? Why haven't you, why haven't you eliminated Tent City? It's complicated. The mental illness, the addiction, the loneliness, the brain damage, the trauma mm-hmm. that some of these folks have gone through. Interviewed a, a young man that uh, was out on the, uh, the river um, here the other day, and he was in the same homeless camp area as his father was before him who had died there. Mm-hmm. And so he's searching right now. Yeah, he's definitely. L- lost in space, so to speak, of what is my identity? You know, my dad died here. Mm-hmm. I need to be here to try to figure this out. We can't change that for him, but we can be there through his journey on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember talking with him and just just the look on his face, you could just tell he was just searching. And the matter of fact that he was in the same spot where his dad had passed away, mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't comprehend that, what what he's going through at that time, or right now even. Right, so, and even, even this day. Yep. Even this day. We are so grateful for people who... Uh, want to understand the value of others and mm-hmm. who want to partner with us in our outreaches, whether it's a, something to eat or a place to stay or a street reach or weatherizing a tent or addressing human trafficking or multiple different things to help people get back up on their feet through our healing ministries mm-hmm. at Topeka Rescue Mission. And so we are just grateful for you who are listening and this thank you, take, thank you for taking time to uh, listen to us and some of our more current issues with uh, our community, our mission, to help us at the Topeka Rescue Mission re- reach those who are in great need. If you're interested in helping the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to the Rescue Mission website at trmonline.org, trmonline.org, and you can help financially to give there or sign up and talk to Kim about volunteering. If you would like to give on your phone or your tablet or whatever, you can text Text TRM Give to 77977. That's TRM Give to 77977. Thank you for helping us to let others know that they matter on our community, our mission. <laughs>